Hey folks, welcome back to the OneCast with Ben, Pete, and Trey. We are going to talk high school BASS and what it takes to take the stepping stones to move into the professional bass fishing industry. That's a good one. That's a good one. Oh God, it's a toad, son. It's a f***ing toad, dude. Let's go. I wake up to a little bit of drool on my pillow, feel like it's going to be a bad day. Hey, what's going on, everyone? This is Trey here with the OneCast. I'm joined with Ben and Pete to my left, maybe to your right. How are you guys doing today? I'm doing great, Trey. Thanks for the introduction. Looking forward to this topic, too. Talk about high school angling and getting the youth involved. So this is part of what we want to do here at OneCast is to explore the different avenues that, that folks can get into fishing at all different ages. Yep, doing good, Trey. Ben Ben took the words out of my mouth there. Excited for this one for sure. Let's throw that shameless plug in real quick. If you guys are interested in the Snagless Revolution, head on over to onecastfishing.com. Use the code THEONECAST to save money at checkout. We appreciate your support. We appreciate the sponsorship. We're going to jump right into it. So today we're joined with Mr. Daryl and Mr. Kieran uh, from North Carolina who are involved in a significant amount of high school bass fishing um, and I'm going to throw some awesome stats out here. I wish I had these stats myself. So from the BASS side, uh, we're tracking that you got two first place finishes, three second place finishes, a 10th in the Bass Junior Championship. On the Bass Federation side, five first place finishes, a 10th World Championship finish, and then the Collins Bass for cash, six first place finishes, and a 2021 points champion or like we call it angler of the year um daryl karen how are you guys doing tonight thank you for joining us hey we're doing great guys thank y'all for having us we, we really uh, appreciate the opportunity awesome having a good time and getting ready to go to hair shamble lakes he's like he's like the car handled real good <laughs> head down to the harris chain for the, that's your first high school bss event for the year yes sir that's awesome. awesome, man. So, Daryl, Kieran, why don't you guys uh, introduce yourself to the viewers and kind of just give a little backstory on uh, this whole deal and and how it got started? Sure, I'll kick it off. So, I'm Daryl Stevenson again. I'm Kieran's dad. Um, really, so we got into this. Kieran started fishing, pond fishing for catfish at like two years old. He absolutely hooked on it. He wanted to go every time. I had a free moment. We were stationed. I was active duty military. Marine, I was stationed in, in Cincinnati, Ohio, and we lived in northern Kentucky. And so we would pond hop and just catfish every opportunity that we would get. And then um, we moved to North Carolina after I retired, and we, we moved to Fuquay Varina. And it was really just we started fishing out Sharon Harris all the time, having, you know, a great time catching fish. We mostly fished for crappie at that point. And Kieran's like, Dad, I want to bass fish. I'm like, okay, that's not, that's a little stretch for me. I've never really done it, but I mean, I had done it, but not to what he wanted to do. So we started, you know, kind of getting into it together. And then after I'd say six months or so, he said, dad, I want to fish a tournament. I want to fish a bass tournament. And uh, so the progression just started. I started looking for an opportunity to fish, uh, you know, in bass tournaments locally, figure out what I needed. And um, we, we initially started out with the Collins Youth Educational Series. And it was a great opportunity for us. It, it allowed me to learn as a as a dad and a and a boat captain, but it also allowed Kieran to just understand what tournament fishing took. And uh, he was hooked from the first tournament. We didn't catch fish initially, 
but he absolutely was hooked and I couldn't, you know, I couldn't really just tell him no. And I, I, like I tell a lot of people, when a kid gets up at 2.30 in the morning and ready to go with no problems asked, you know that they love it, right? So Yeah, absolutely. Um, mm-hmm. Some dedication yeah, so, right there. Yeah, it was, that's how we started. You know, and I, I'll let him talk just kind of what his experience was or what he felt as, kind of as we were going through it. So my name's Kieran Stevenson, and um, basically we've been fishing. I've been fishing since I was two years old and just love, like, the sport and just have got more and more into it. And, I mean, every time you're on the water, you're learning new things, and that's the good thing about it, that you're able to connect with nature, and you're also able to just, like, learn, like, life lessons that you're going to need in the big world because there's so many just like different things that you can do out there and you'll see just a bunch of like crazy occasions but that's really it yeah there's nothing like uh waking up and and being on the water while the rest of the people are sleeping you know yeah. what I mean? And getting to see those cool things. I, I'm curious to know, and Daryl, you talked about, you know, he, he started fishing at two and he got hooked into it. Kieran, what was the moment that you said bass? I want to fish for bass. Like what clicked in your head to make you say bass? So we were crappie fishing at the Harris, Sharon Harris bridge, the main, <laughs> main bridge. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we, I was using a little dock demon and we were using a slip bobber with minnows and uh, I hooked like about a five and a half pounder. And uh, right since that, we just kept fishing, fishing, fishing for bass. And that was the like fire, the little match that started and just been on since. I feel that. It's always that first one that gets you hooked. I remember when I started, man, I think the first bass that I remember, I was about five years old, and uh, we had a camp on a little lake in Pennsylvania, and, and the fish had moved up to spawn, and my dad was walking around with me, and he seen one out there on the bed. Uh, about a six-pounder was the first bass I ever caught. At, really? At like five years old, and he flipped out there and hooked that thing and handed me that rod, and it was, it's been over since then. Like that's something you don't forget. So that's that's cool to hear. I, I think we all have stories like that. It's it's a great uh, at least of you know, my dad and I. He was in the Marine Corps too, and so we didn't get a, the opportunity to go very much. But uh, I do remember he was on recruiting duty in Arkansas, and we went one afternoon after church, and uh, I ended up catching two bass, and he only caught one. And I've been a better fisherman ever <laughs> since. But uh, let's uh, let's not go into Deer Woods because he can put me to shame there. But <laughs> yeah. So the question about the five pounder that you hooked. You said you hooked it, or did you land it? Both. So I <laughs> hooked it on the dock team and I fought around the whole boat. And uh, a boat flip? those are like the strongest rods you'll ever put in your hands. And that thing took me around the boat and we we had a little net in the back of the, we had a skiff at the time and uh, we put it in the net and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is a giant. <laughs> so we um put it in our, so we had a makeshift cooler and we put it in there and we brought it home. But then we, uh, took a picture with it and weighed it. And then we took it, our friend's pond or something. Yeah. Oh, don't, don't tell the rest of the guys. Sharon. No, 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 Sharon <laughs> guys me all over the world. no, that's, that's <laughs> awesome. And, and there is such a thing as bass fever. You get buck fever in the woods, you get bass fever. I caught a, a five ten. I'm sure you guys saw the picture of it, uh, on Jordan, uh, a couple days ago and my hands were shaking. Like it was the first time I ever caught a bass. Like, you know, that doesn't go away. And I think, when that goes away, 
you probably need to move on to something else. Um, and kind of a cool backstory for those who are listening or, or watching. Uh, the way that I met Daryl and Kieran was actually on Sharon Harris Lake. Do you guys remember that? Yes, sir. Yeah. Yep. Rolled up in, uh, you rolled up in the Ranger and, uh, we got on a school of fish and we just started hammering them, dragging worms and stuff like that. And that was a great time. And, uh, you know, and, and I think that's another great part about just fishing in general in the fishing industries, you meet so many good people and you get to understand how diverse the culture is in the fishing industry. A lot of veterans, uh, in the North Carolina area, but just so many different people fishing and so many cool experiences. Um, and we want to talk about some of those experiences. So, uh, yeah, just, I want to, before we get too far away from Collins, I kind of want, that's a really cool program that they have. And it's, it's, it's sort of unique. I hadn't really seen it till that till I saw you know their their program. So can you kind of explain what that is uh, for anybody listening sure. that may not know? Yeah, yeah, I'll talk about. It. So Collins uh, Bass for Cash is the adult series. Um, beneath that is the youth educational series. Um, the way it kind of works, the youth educational series, they go to the same all the same locations as the Bass for Cash guys go. Uh, we just whenever they take off in the morning, we take off second. Um, we, so we go out after them when it's a little bit, you know, less fast paced and stuff like that. And then we come in to weigh in. It's at two o'clock, two o'clock in the afternoon generally. And we're done weigh in by 2.30, 2.45. And then those guys, the adults come in afterwards. And it, it's really a, it's, it, it's a great series because it literally is, is like any adult, any BASS series. It's, it's ran exactly the same way. Weigh in trailer and everything. So you learn all about bass fishing. You learn all about tournament fishing. You know, they, they expect the kids to, you know, to learn and, you know, fish management, take care of fish, try not to kill fish. You, you learn all of that. They help you. They make sure that they're doing the right things with life jackets and all that stuff. You know, you got to have all of that before you go out. Really the requirements for um, kids to fish in it is they got to be over two years old or really I've never seen Fred and, and those guys at Collins turn anybody away as long as the kids, you know, ready to go out and go fishing on the boat safely. Um, they expect you to have a working live well, and the, there is no entry fee and you can win prizes. And if you win the point series for the championship, you get it actually, you can win a, scho a scholarship at the end of the season. And they fish a lot of the local lakes. We do car, we do Gaston, we do uh, Jordan, Kieran's favorite, Chowan River. Um, <laughs> we do the Roanoke River sometimes. You know, all of the the good local lakes around here. Um, so, and they do, they start in March and it goes through August or September. Um, and then they do a two-day super tournament at the end. The adults, very competitive. The weights are, I mean, some of the weights are just incredible oh, what yeah. they do. And, you know, it's shockingly, the youth are very competitive too. And we have a couple of teams from the middle school that we, um, that we, we field and, uh, it's always, it, it's a good time. And the kids, you know, really, I mean, they get exposed to what tournament fishing should be like. I That's think. awesome. So is there, is that on uh, the Collins Bass for Cash website? Is that link there? So yeah. any, anybody yeah. listening, if you head to the Collins Bass for Cash and look at the Youth Educational Series, if it's something you're interested in doing, if you have a kid that wants to get into tournament fishing or wants to fish a tournament, it's, it's a really cool deal, as you just heard, so. Definitely yeah, correct. And, out. you know, I, I will say this. People say, well, maybe I, I don't have a bass boat. There, we have we have people that go out there with skiffs. 
Mm-hmm. But the, the, like I said, the requirement is is a boat over 16 feet with a working live well. And, um, you know, there's no horsepower restrictions. So if you're running a 15 mile, you know, 15 horsepower motor, it's fine because you'd be surprised what you can catch some of those, those sneaky little areas, mm-hmm. you know. And, and, I'll, and I reiterate, it's getting kids out and fishing. And it's it's some of the best time I've ever had. I've coached a lot of a lot of sports, and this has been my favorite because there's a lot of just conversations that happen with kids, you know, when they're fishing, and you, you learn a lot about dedication. I, I tell a lot of parents when they're asking about it to see a kid just hard work as hard as they can for eight hours is, is amazing. Yeah. And uh, so I, I encourage everyone to just try it. And with the Collins, you know, like you you um, alluded to the, on the website there, you can go ahead and sign up for the year. Or you can sign up for one tournament. They don't. They don't require that you fish all of them. You know, you can go out there and try one and uh, see if you like it, and then build build from there. And that's kind of what we did. We our first tournament was on Jordan. It was freezing cold. We didn't catch a fish, but we had a good time. And you know, the the crazy thing is, we got done fishing. I was exhausted. Kieran was ready to continue to fish that day after the tournament was over. He <laughs> yeah. wanted to fish some coves because he didn't get enough that day. So it it was like I said, it's a great opportunity. I think that's really interesting. And and for the parents and for the kids that are listening or watching, you don't need a hundred thousand dollar bass boat, like you said, to get out there and do some fishing. Um, But you do need to be a dedicated parent or boat captain, right? Because it's going to push you just as hard as it's going to push the kids, right? You still got to get up at the same time as them and you still got to help, you know, maneuver that boat so that they can get to the spots where they need to fish. So to, to kind of break the stigma that so many people have in the industry that you have to have all this money and all these shiny glitter boats and stuff like that. That's not needed, right? No, no not at all. In fact, our first boat was a, a Tracker Pro 170, 17 foot bass tracker that you can get, at, you know, at Bass Pro. Nothing glamorous. It worked great, you know, and it, it got us where we needed to go. And we got, we, we caught a lot of fish in it, you know, and, and, I, we've seen people with the, the, like I said, the center console, like the John boat type center consoles, they do well, they do fine. In them. Mm-hmm. And so, and you're right, you know, it's the parents, a boat that's safe, right. And, and something that you're not going to kill every fish that you bring in the boat. That's really, you know, all it takes. No, that's amazing. And, yeah. And you know, you really, you take it as far as the kid wants to go. I, I think that's what kind of where I, I go with it. Yep. You know, he's obviously loves it. And we're, you know, is kind of full bore ahead where we want to go. He has, he has a goal in mind, but, you know, I know where he started from and I know how hard he works. So I'm, I'm willing to keep, keep backing it. That's awesome. So, uh, you guys fish the, the Collins Bass for Cash Youth Series. Are you fishing that this year? Yes, sir. Okay. And then we move on to, and we'll talk about roles and responsibilities. You're also fishing the Bass Federation. Is that correct? So not not this year, I don't believe, because the North Carolina's kind of fell, fallen off. Okay. Um, with regards to the Bass Federation, um, the tournament director that was Mr. Ennis that ran it for quite a few years, he stepped back. His sons have kind of moved on, and, and they're not as fishing as much. So th- I think the state is actually looking for a new director. Um, but yeah, I mean, if it's if there's an opportunity, we will. Yes. Okay. And you fished. For the stats that we see with BASS, TBF, and, and Collins Bass for Cash, how many weekends in that season were you fishing a derby? I like 
I would say close to 30. Wow. And that's, well, that's not including like pre-fishing. Yes. Mm-hmm. Wow. That and, and that's that's dedication right there. That's not going to to practice forty five minutes a night Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday. You know that takes some dedication. But you know those life lessons on the water; those are hard to beat. Um, go ahead, Ben. So all so these 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 multiple wins and and tenth and June champion. This is all from last year, then, right? The last two years. Last the last two, two years. years. Okay. So I, I do want to bring this up. Kieran, what grade are you in? Uh, eighth grade. Eighth grade. So for all those listening, you know he, he's fishing the, the high school level, the BAS, the bass level tournaments, but he's not in high school. So if, if you want to, you know, let us let us know because I'm I'm not super educated um, on the on the high school, you know, youth angler realm mainly because, you know, 15, 16 years ago when I was in high school, I don't think there was such a thing, and there certainly wasn't college fishing where I was at. So mm-hmm. you want to break it down to how does someone get involved into youth high school bass angling on a competitive level, especially uh, if you're not in that school? Because obviously you're you're not in high school yet, but I'm sure there's a lot of anglers. And I know one in my neighborhood, he wants to fish competitively um, uh, for high school, but his school doesn't have a team. So if there's a way, if, you know, folks can get around that if they're able to go to other schools. But if you just want to break it down, it'd be awesome. So basically the junior division, which I have fished last year is second grade to eighth grade. And if you're going to fish with an R eighth grader, and then you can fish up if, so if you have a partner in high school and you're in eighth grade, you can fish up. But if your partner's the same grade as you, then you'll fish in the junior division. So basically I am fishing up this year with my partner. He is a freshman. So just so, Oh God! And and how you get involved? You know, a couple of, couple of different ways. So on the BAS BASS website, and also on the TBF website, there there's information on how you how you start a club, and and really that's what we did. Myself and uh, Derek Stanley, Kieran's partner's dad, we kind of had some conversations. They they started. You know, they were both fishing Collins separately, and we were at every tournament together. And then we had a, a conversation, and we kind of paired them up. Um, and that's so the the third year that we fished Collins, they actually fished together as a team. And we, we saw from those two fishing together as a team, it's just they improved by, by tenfold just because, you know, we're not sitting there having conversations with them. They're, they're working with each other, doing two different things. They're able to, to bounce ideas off each other. They're able to keep each other motivated and stuff like that. You know, even when they miss fish, they, they just encourage each other and stuff like that. So we paired those two up and we fished Collins for another year before we even started BASS and TBF as a team. And then when we realized that they were doing really well together, just fishing together as a team on the Collins stuff, we started looking for opportunities. And like I said, on the BASS website, it tells you how to start a club. It's how to join a club and how to start a club. And so we went down that path. We we reached out to the middle school principal um, and we asked for an opportunity to start a middle school club. And we kind of told them what, what, how we were going to do it, you know, and try to get as many people as involved. They were like, absolutely. We, we definitely want to give you all that opportunity. And when Kieran started with Grady, they were uh, sixth and seventh grade. And obviously now Grady is up in, in high school and Kieran's an eighth grader. So this year, the transition for them, we had to move. Last year, we finished up in the juniors. And then this year, 
we moved up the high school because Kieran's fishing up. So now, because Grady's in the high school, we're technically a middle school and a high school team. Um, but to answer your question, also, when you talk about a school not having a club, if a school says, hey, we don't want you to have that club because of insurance reasons or, or liabilities and stuff like that, you can create a community club. Now, so because of the way that Fuquay Verena is this year with you know, mass expansion and growth and people moving and moving kids all over the place with regards to school and stuff, we know next year, uh, Kieran's supposed to go to, to Willow Springs and Grady will be at, at Fuquay Verena and, and a couple other kids on our team was supposed to go to Willow Springs also. We've made a community team, so now it can come from multiple high schools. So kind of the same thing. If a school says, you know, we don't want you to have that because of liabilities, then you just start a, a community team and you get kids together and you get them registered through BASS or TBF. You know, do you do their their membership and their registration and stuff like that? And then you honestly start seeking out the tournaments that they have and that they offer. And they start the season for BASS starts in the fall and wraps around to the spring. And, and the TBF does the same thing. So, again, on their websites and the information on how to do it, it's not very hard. It takes, you know, it takes a kind of minimal effort. You, they give you all, they feed you all the paperwork and everything that you need. They, they tell you all the steps to go about it, and then you, you know, you can get a team up and go. That's really interesting. I had no idea that there was like the junior BASS, and then it's all affiliated, of course, but you had to stimulate the conversation with the school to get them, get the support from them. But that was, what kind of support was that? Just a yes, do it. Or yes, we want to invest into this, into this sport. So when we started out, it was, there was no really investment from them. It was a yes, do it to answer the question. Um, And we opened it to everybody in the school really. And just said, Hey, we're going to have a club and we're going to be competitive and we want to do tournaments and stuff like that. But we're also, when we can find time, we're going to do some weekend pond hopping and just expose kids to fishing and see if we can progress kids from the pond hopping thing. And if they'd really like to get into tournaments and stuff like that. And a couple of the kids that we have now fishing, even on the junior side, that's where they started. You know, they were pond hopping, watching the brother fish the tournament and stuff like that. And now uh, we have a young lady who's fishing, uh, she's in, I think she's a fifth grader and she's doing great. You know, she is very dedicated to it. So she's even in elementary school. I, I think, I think that's, that's outstanding. Mm-hmm. Start with pond hoppers and you all are probably tied in a little bit better with the younger generation. But from what I see, there seems to be more and more young anglers who are starting pond hopping that their parents really have no affiliation with fishing or they haven't fished in years and some of that's because of the social media and the YouTube content that it's it's become exciting for folks to go out there and fish and 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 laying out you know the junior division you know middle school high school and all these other opportunities you know it's great that that anglers can now at, the, at such a young age can transition from you know just walking golf course ponds or or, or asking their neighbors to to doing something a little more competitive. Yeah, yeah you know, you're talking about the the junior division, so we're here. You know, I guess our roots, right, was in the junior division, and we moved up. You know, we started BASS. We, we did really well in the junior division. We, we got an opportunity to go to the national championship. I was amazed at the dedication of the guys. When we got to Carroll County over in Tennessee, 
and fish that large national championship tournament on the, that th thousand acre lake there, you know, there's still some really young kids that are phenomenal. And it's, it's amazing. You know, you see kids that pick up basketball or baseball and they're just a natural at it. Be surprised. Kids are natural at fishing too. Right. And it's, it's, it's scary. I mean, they're, <laughs> they're really good. And I, you know, even watching the progression with Kieran in the last few years, I, I have all of I, my phone is just overloaded with pictures of where we were and now where we're at. And I've watched him go learn how to do everything on the boat. I mean, literally everything on the boat and his ability to, to run the electronics and stuff like that. And nobody's looking at everything. Maybe it's that, you know, video game <laughs> revolution or whatever. And he is kind of in tune with it, but it's, it's, it's really exciting to kind of see them progress and, and get as well as, you know, just get it. And it's, it's fun to see. So, uh, Daryl, Kieran, you guys talked, uh, you said something earlier that, uh, or maybe it was Ben said something about social media. Um, and we talked about the Collins Bass for Cash and the TBF, and, and you kind of broke down a little bit of the, the high school BASS junior stuff and, and high school stuff, and, and we'll get more into that. But a question for you, Kieran, is how much has social media played a role in your um, your like getting more excited into bass fishing and, and learning like has social media played a big role for you? Yeah. I mean, like there's social media can hurt you and help you. I mean, it's like, if you like do good in a tournament, you're going to have people like talking and talking about it. But I feel like nowadays there's going to be like so many just like things you're going to have to put out there. Cause that's just how you're going to have to make money in the industry this, these days. And like, you're just going to have to like, kind of, it's like, you got to like block it out, but still use it to advantage. And like, I don't know. <laughs> no, I think you nailed it when you, you talked about making money in social media. If, if fishing is your plan college and, and after anything like that, social media it's such a huge role now. And and the larger sponsors uh, are you'll see the guys getting those bigger deals with with companies are guys that have a really, really strong social media, not just somebody they can fish. But if you have a really, really good social media backing and you start getting into those higher levels, you can separate yourself from the pack a little bit because the more the more social media you do, the better content you put out, the more followers you have, that's more exposure for the company. And they're going to lean more towards some of that sponsorship money to a guy or girl that can help them get their name out there further than just going out and winning a tournament on, on Saturday, Sunday, you know, whatever, whatever it is that you're yeah, fishing. Yeah. That, I think that social media stuff will come, but uh, what I, what I want to know is, and maybe this is Trey, what you're trying to get on is no, growing up, and not having bass fishing in the family, like you catfishing, crappie fishing, did it? Did social media help you learn how to fish, or did you go talk to the old guys in the club? Did you pick up a book, or did you go watch YouTube on how to do this technique? I feel like YouTube has helped a bunch because you get a lot of like um, ideas from different people, and just seeing what other people are doing nowadays and just seeing different ways of how the technique can be fished. And that's a lot different where you would have to go out there and 
fish it for yourself and you might not ever figure it out. Mm -hmm. But nowadays you can just go on YouTube and click one button and you already have 45 videos of how to fish a jig right or like fishing a jig or something like that. Yeah, I'll, I'll say watching Kieran, you know, use social media from tying knots. You know, he's learned how to tie FG knots. He's learned, learned the Palomar knot. He's learned so much on social media. You know, even with electronics, he'll pull up a video and try settings that he sees on a video to try to improve the, you know, the screen, what what the fish actually look like on the screen on, on his electronics. And also, I think, I guess in my opinion, if I feel like the information is very time relevant. And, and what I mean by that is, you know, back in the day, right, when we didn't have social media, we'd pull out books and you'd be looking at, old, you know, really old books on how to fish and stuff like that. And it may not be the newest, most up-to-date techniques or the, you know, the newest baits and stuff like that. And I think he uses that to kind of just understand, like, like he said, how to fish certain baits. What is the, that technique that he wants to try? You know, and people post videos all the time about certain lakes that we go to. And, and I think he uses it as a tool, just like looking at the lake itself and, you know, kind of trying to recognize structure and all those different features on lakes. So I, I think I see him do that. And I think it's, it's a bonus, you know, obviously social media can be a pit, right. And oh, yeah. kind of get you sucked in, but it's also can be a tool for a kid too. And that that's where I was going to go next. If you can, if you can stay out of the negative and that, you know, I, I've talked about it. I've gone on rants on our podcast already about it, but like <laughs> just the, the people that are ignorant in social media and everything that you do is wrong. And, the, the way I do, it's the only right way to do it. If you can separate that and you can pick the good out and you maintain a positive attitude, then social media is a great tool. Uh, and it seems like, I mean, I was shocked by your perspective in the beginning when you talked about everything, including the life lessons you've learned as an eighth grader just from fishing. A lot of adults need to listen to that and just take in how truly blessed we are to be able to experience the things we do. Uh, you know, down I, I fish the rivers a lot. I know that's one of your favorite places. I spend a lot of time on the Roanoke and the Chowan and all down through there. And uh, I was actually towing a buddy who lost his lower unit on the on the Roanoke, and I was towing him down the Middle River and uh, had a black bear swim like 20 feet in front of the boat, you know. And uh, that's stuff other people are never going to experience. And, and there's a lot to be learned, like you said, from fishing to life lessons. You, you said, you know, I've lost fish at the boat that would have smashed my PB. And then you said, but that's fishing. That's that's the attitude that'll carry you a long way in fishing. And it's something we talked about it on the, the episode prior to this with Destin that I struggle with being able to keep that positive mental attitude. And, and it seems like you're well on the right track to, to setting yourself up for success, whether in fishing or whatever it is you decide to do in life. So it's funny. You mentioned the bear. You um, took off from a <laughs> tournament on the actual run side and we were running around one of the, the uh, creeks going as kind of, full sin come around a corner and I see this large black, what, you know, what they call widow makers. What I thought was, you know, big stump hanging up out of the water. And we, again, we were like full speed going, going back through there. And I got up beside it and realized it was moving. And I was like, <laughs> and all three of us all at the same time, we said, it's a bear. <laughs> you know, and then we get 20 minutes up the, you know, the river and we're fishing and we're sitting there and, Kieran and Grady are, are doing well, and we look up the river, and there's a huge buck swimming. Oh, like, yeah. As fast as you can imagine across the river. And I, I literally looked at Kieran and I said, 
are we in some weird like zoo like river or something <laughs> right now? This is crazy. You, 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 you never know. know what you're going to see. I, I don't you have know. I don't have a bear story, but I was at Falls and I was down by the dam, and I was uh, I don't know you know where that kind of shoal is down there past the dam. But I was running back up towards Upper Barton, Barton's and you know why it's open. I see something in the middle of the lake, and so I pull the boat over there and I, I go off plane and. There's a coyote swimming across, and it, it's from here to the P to this point because I pulled up right next to it, and it's looking at me like, "What am I going to do?" And it swims on, but you know, deer, two bear sightings. I, I, I saved know. a squirrel. Have you seen any? I saved a squirrel in the Roanoke last year. It was swimming across. He he was in the middle in trouble when I saved him before he got eaten. That's good. <laughs> we're on we're on story time. I have to tell this one too, and and you guys, this probably happened to a lot of people, but. You gut, you gut hook a fish, you tongue hook a fish, a bass, and, and it dies. It happens, right? Um, I think the coolest thing that happened to me is I tossed the bass out 20 feet from the boat, and a bald eagle comes down and just grabs it. And I'm like, well, there's the circle of life right there. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. it's those experiences, like if your face is in your phone or your face is in the social media, not for educational purposes you're going to miss a lot of those things right and i wanted to ask you this and i'm not saying social media is bad it's clearly good and in educational um in moderation uh, keeping a healthy balance with those types of things um do you do you put the phone down when you're on the boat and is it all business at that point when we are driving to the tournament i don't look up a single video because i'm just thinking about What's the first spot we're pulling up to and what's the next move after that if that doesn't work? Because, like, if you're sitting on the boat and you're like you're looking up YouTube videos on what spot I should go to on the lake, well, you're not going to be able to look at, like, spots that might be relevant to the conditions of what's happening that day. And uh, we were on Lake Norman and uh, – we were sitting in the boat, and I looked at my dad, and I said, Dad, I want to go to this little pocket. And we pulled in there, and I caught about a three-and-a-half-pound spot, and we ended up catching about 10 pounds and qualifying for the uh, national championship, uh, Fisherman's National Championship together on Lake Eufaula. So. That's awesome. Lake Eufaula, Oklahoma or Alabama? Alabama. <laughs> that one always gets me. No, that's amazing. Uh, yeah, you're going to miss the conditions, right? Um, and, and I think that's a, for all you viewers that are either watching, watching or listening, um, you know, this is a good lesson that, that Kieran's bringing up. Let's flip the script real quick on social media for you, Daryl, AKA boat captain, AKA coach. How has that helped you enable, uh, yourself and, and these young anglers or has it? You know, yeah. You know, I'll, I'll, kind of, a, I guess you say it's just informational, right? You know, I, I I kind of look, try to seek out the information to make sure that I'm doing the right things. I'm, I'm, you know, even looking at rivers and making sure places that we want to go are safe and stuff like that. So, you know, it's a tool for me, you know, and I, I get a lot of time to look at stuff, you know, when I'm sitting around watching them fish, you know, and the, and the boys are, you know, so I, I do get to look at social media, but but they don't, they put it away and they, they just how, know, grind. How is that? How do you manage your time out there? Because I would probably be pulling my hair out. Yeah, yeah, it wouldn't be good. <laughs> because no, I, you know, I, that's you why know. he doesn't have any hair. You <laughs> he see he pulled it all out because <laughs> he can't. Yeah, he can't no. cast. <laughs> Don't worry, I'm I balding. guess to answer that question, just it, it's fascinating to me because I don't. It's not really as uh, 
as a drag as people might think it is, yeah. especially when you are watching two kids that just are getting in the right areas and catching fish. It, it can get fast paced and crazy. And, you know, and you're, you're also just listening to their conversations or, you know, maybe giving them pointers. And that's the other thing too. Like when you're first starting out and a parents, you know, teaching kids how to fish, like, or getting kids into the tournament, you know, helping them maybe make some recommendations or say, Hey, you know, that's not been working for an hour. Why don't you try something a little different or, you know, just kind of giving them some ideas as, you know, as, as young anglers as they're growing. But then, you know, now I do, I just do a lot of watching. Yeah. And, but the conversations are good. You know, we do a lot of cutting up. We have some funny little ritual, rituals that we do on the boat that, um, you know, we do it for uh, superstitious type mm-hmm. things. And to me, it's, that's the fun thing that we get to do throughout the day. We're going to talk about that. But yeah, I think we all have. What, what's the, so you talked about cutting up. The joke is, is why did the deer cross the river to get away from the bear? That's pretty logical, right? No, I'm just kidding. That's a new dad joke. I got to tell my kids. Uh, what are the what are the superstitions? Like what what are your rituals before a tournament? Or is it so top secret? Basically, we'll go to sheets always, and we'll always pick up a. Uh, Major Melon Mountain Dew, and uh, we'll have three to six in there, and we cannot drink one until we catch a fish. And <laughs> I mean, if we're if it's if we got we're catching some dinks and we need like a big fish, we'll drink some of that, and then we'll be like boat flipping five pounders after that. That's what I'm oh, that's that good. Yeah, so it's like the uh, it's the reward. You know, we start out in the morning, can't open them, can't drink any of them, can't touch them. They're in the cooler on ice, and you know, when they start catching fish, they can crack into it, but not until then. So you it's punish just, yourself. You know, yeah, but, you know, it's their <laughs> little reward, and you'd be surprised. It's it's just a joke that we have going. Does it really work? I don't know. It seems to, but... Uh, it's one of those metal we, things, right? Yeah. Yeah, but, you know, it's so that's that's one of them, you know, that's that awesome. we kind of stick with is we, we have it in the boat, and we don't touch it until we catch fish. Kieran. I have one more. Oh, go ahead. So the second one is we have a toy duck that I don't know who we've probably found just going down the bank and we just put it in the boat and uh we've we caught four fish for nineteen pounds of that duck and we've caught a bunch of fish with good dags with that duck. So, so the rubber duck, duck stays up in the, in the oh, duck rides okay. on the boat. Yeah I was like a duck lure or it's no, weird, okay, no. I get you. I get you. Yeah the little rubber duck rides up in the, the uh the foot pedal tray up front on the trolling motor. Hmm. Kieran, banana in the boat or no? Mm. No, we've, <laughs> we've zeroed because of banana. So we just like keep them out. I mean, I feel like we've had it in a couple times and we've caught them, but yeah, I don't no. really. You're, you're, yeah, don't ever let banana in the so boat. It's so funny because I literally make it a point to put a banana in the boat every single time I fish. And when I'm not catching them, I look at that banana with an attitude and I'm like, I must eat you right now. Right, but then I still won't catch a fish. So I don't know if it's a banana it's or a if banana. I just suck. No, it's a banana. you know what I mean. 100%. Like, <laughs> do, do you have one every time you go out on Harris? Every time I go out fishing, I have a banana in the boat. Pete, that's your problem on Harris. You, you Maybe a, I need to put a banana. No, put a banana no because I just zeroed three times on Harris, and then I go to <laughs> Jordan, and then I catch you know a five ten. But it, it's just funny how we we adopt these rituals and in in things like that. But it's it's memories that you're making out there on the water. And, and I think 
if there's anything that's most important, those are the ones that are important. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to backtrack. Let's uh, track the back. I want to go back, Kieran, to your first tournament and just what was that experience like being on the water, you know, early morning, they start calling boat numbers. You watch, you know, you watch the, the adults take off and then, then it's your turn. What, what was that like for you? So my first tournament ever, it was on Jordan Lake and, uh, it was about 36 degrees and we, uh, blasted off and it was, uh, it was the toughest day of my life. <laughs> and, uh, I had my, I had my cousin from Wisconsin come down and fish with me. And, uh, I remember I was throwing a spinnerbait on the back of the boat and I hooked one and it came off right out of the boat, but we kept fishing and then got three o'clock and then we were just like, Oh, best we'll get the next time. That's right. <laughs> Were you I just like, like in awe with a blast off though? Was that was had you seen anything like that before? Not on no. TV. And then my favorite thing was definitely the weigh-ins, mm-hmm. the old column weigh-ins. Yep, yep. Wondering how they caught them, right? Yep. <laughs> and it was at that point he knew he should throw an A rig. Yeah, <laughs> Jordan. Anytime it's below forty on Jordan, it's uh, a tough day. So. I make it a point not to throw an A rig on the riprap. I'm just throwing it out there, right? <laughs> But I, that's why I don't win them. So, no, that's cool, man. So, um, I want to recap a little bit and ask the uh, about the high school, the the junior and the high school bass stuff, uh, Daryl. The roles and responsibilities of the boat captain and and slash the coach. Like, there's no rule book. I mean, there's rule books, right? But there's no coach's playbook, if you will, for this. Is that correct? No, there's, there's not. Although, you know, I, I would say that a lot of times other coaches, you know, if you, if you know, somebody's fairly new, they'll, they'll help you. Right. You know, they'll feed you as much information and kind of just weigh things are or whatever, but no, there's no, there's no playbook, you know, but I, I also say it's, it's also, you know, it's not rocket science either. Like you can, you can pick it up pretty fast, especially if you, you fish before, you know, you just ask and, and the people are always very nice to kind of help you out. And that's the thing, like with Collins, I, I go back to that, you know, as being that grassroots type thing. It's a great place for, for people to, to experience, even parents alone, they, to learn, right, what that tournament fishing is like and, and figure out if, if it's worth the investment. You know, by the time you get over to BASS, even in the junior division, you know, you, you get to help the kids a little bit. You can run the trolling motor. So in the junior division, you can run the trolling motor and you can help them net fish and you can help them pull fish and you can help them tie on lures and stuff like that. But once you get up to the high school division, the only thing I'm allowed to do on the boat in the high school division is to drive the big motor and then I can help them coal and that's it. Okay. Can you help them fizz fish? Uh, Yes. Okay. Can you give advice at that point? Or, or is that part of coaching? Is it done? Is it? Are you just a spectator, more or less, a marshal? Yeah, more, more or less a spectator, and you know, in the high school division, but the um, junior division, you can encourage and you Sweet. can, you know, make recommendations and stuff like that. Okay, so when it comes to, um, you you talked about like people give advice, and we talked about this in one of our previous episodes, or one of them that hasn't dropped yet. That's something that. 
it either happens like willingly within this industry or you're not getting a word out of anyone. You don't, you don't, do you guys see that in the youth division at all where people aren't willing to just share information and talk to you? Kieran's, yeah, Kieran's shaking very, his head. Yeah. Some people are very competitive. Yeah. But, but I will tell you, you can ask Kieran what our rule is when, when I, when his friends are asking um, you know, I, what is the rule for us? Um, so the rule is, is we can tell them where they're fishing, but they still got to catch the fish. Yeah. So we, we help as much as we can, right? You know, we'll say, Hey, people asking how you catching them or are you catching them and stuff like that. I'm kind of an open book on it because again, they got to catch them, right? You know, right. It's, it's the same thing. They, they got to go out there and they got to put in the effort and find them and stuff like that. So I, I don't really... I don't do smoke and mirrors and hide stuff. You can't catch other people's fish. Mm -hmm. I mean, we have all shared waypoints with each other. To be, go on this exact spot tomorrow at this time, and you will slay them because we had a great day. And they go out there, and nothing happens. Yeah. I mean, you yeah. can't you can't catch other people's fish. So if you can yeah. help other people out to give them a little more insight of how you approach that situation, then then maybe they they can learn something and get a little bit better too. And to attract and to attract the youth and even parents to the sport at the at the junior BASS level or or any level, a lot of people are hungry for information. But if no one's willing to share with them, then it's going to discourage them from potentially joining the sport. Right. right. And that's yeah, absolutely. we talked about, like growing the industry in another episode, like, well, you can't really grow it if you're not willing to tell people anything. It's just a bad business model. So, you know, for for those listening and watching, like share information with people, get them interested, help them out. I mean, every single person in this room has helped each other out. And I know that we helped each other out before and it's important. And that's how camaraderie is built and stuff. And of course, there's the competitive nature. You don't want to tell them all the secrets if you're fishing for a big money. But if you're trying to attract the youth and parents to the sport, I think you're you're not doing them any justice whatsoever by keeping everything a secret. You're right, and you know, and again, I I the relationships I see that Kieran has and develop with not only kids but that some of the gentlemen that we talk to at Collins and stuff like that they're priceless. You know, there's there's such good, good-hearted, nice people out there that you that you meet, and you know, I like. I like for Kieran to see these guys because this is that's what I, I look at those guys. That's what I want him to be when he gets older is, is that good hearted person that just is willing to help everybody. So Ben, Pete, what do you got? What do you guys have for these guys? Yeah. So next well, Sunday, I guess, but very shortly, you all headed down to Florida for a big event. So why don't you tell us what that event is? How you know how you get to fish that event and kind of what you're feeling for that tournament? So we are leaving Thursday, thir or we are leaving Wednesday night. We're driving all night and fishing Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Tournament will be on Sunday. Um, Check-in Saturday, and uh, it's the Bass Nation High School Open on the Harrison of Lakes. And we are thinking, as of now, we don't think it's like. You, I, we think it's it can be on shell beds, but we think there'll be more of hydrilla and looking for the grass down there, and uh, looking for the more deeper grass, more offshore grass, 
of what we're thinking. And we're thinking some like hard spots in the grass, dragging a worm, throwing a, maybe a lipless or a chatterbait. And then uh, maybe some other little baits up the sleeve, like a Shrike King uh, hybrid hunter. Mm. Uh, mm. But really just fishing grass and there might be a few on the bed. So hopefully we can find a few. So, so and, and back to your question, like how do we got how do we get there? What what is it? So that's it's a it's a bass open event. Um, so there's multiple ways. The ultimate goal in high school is to qualify for the national championship. You you can either do that through your state by winning um, first or second in the point series, or you can win your state championship, or you can finish in the top 25 at any of the opens events. And they do four events. Um, throughout the season. And so those are all qualifiers to get to the, the high school national championship. And so we, we like going to Florida. We got some family down there. So it's, it's just an opportunity to go fish some warm water, warm, warm area, mm -hmm. you know, in, in January. And it's, it's a very fun event. I'm trying yeah. I was going to say, I'm trying to find a way to get down to Florida just to fun fish to escape this cold up here. Ben's going to jump in the back of your truck. You won't know it, but he'll be <laughs> yeah. there with you. Hey, we leave, like I said, we leave Wednesday. We're driving overnight. We're going to fit. They, so when Kira was talking about Thursday, Friday, Saturday, those are practice days for mm -hmm. us. And, you know, it's, again, the ultimate goal for, for Kieran is to one day fish professionally. This is like, this is what it's like, you know, and this is kind of, Obviously, it's the next level. Those those people that are kind of getting into it, you know, and just wanting to get their kids in the tournament, they probably wouldn't do that. But we're, you know, we've progressed up a little bit, and now this is like the next level. He's been planning. He's been studying. So this is the, the – Looking at maps and stuff like that, and he's developed a plan that we're going to see if we can execute and see if it works. This is, again, the Bass High School Open on the Harris Chain. It's one of the qualifying events to make the uh, – the national uh, event, um, right. and what happens when you win national? Is there is there a scholarship or is there something? Do you punch your ticket to the classic. Oh, yeah. that's that's the best. That's so, who's uh, right now? Or I was watching it the other day. Was it uh, Manetti from North Carolina was fishing the yeah, national championship? Yep. Okay. All right. One more. Yeah, so, it, so again, that, well, interesting. You mentioned. Manetti, so he's with UNC Charlotte, right? And he, he made it last year out of the uh, college bracket mm -hmm. championship. Mm. Um, but Thursday Thursday and Friday, before before we fish, Thursday and Friday, the college BASS guys are on Harris Chain this week. So they'll be down there competing. They're practicing now, and they'll compete Thursday, Friday. Saturday's off, and then Sunday is, is the high school division. Yeah, it gets, high school and juniors. It, it gets busy down there because two years ago when I was down there, they they had the big bass event, and then I had to come back and replace the mortar, and then they had high school. They had the bass open, so the guys were showing up for there. So it gets absolutely crazy. But uh, Kieran, I will give you. I don't know if this is really advice, but this is because this won't drop. This episode won't drop to after the event. But <laughs> if you look up Gino Losi on YouTube, he's a guide out there. But he has shown sometimes you can go on the state websites and find out the water current for all for all the lakes. And so you can see, and, and the oxygen level. So you can kind of narrow down where you perhaps want to search. You, I may be telling you stuff you already know, and you've already dug all that information out, but it's a great source to find oxygen levels, current, and I think water clarity on that report too. So clean water is a big deal down there. 
I'm gonna. Uh, I got some questions, Karen. Just quick. What's your favorite technique? Frog. Uh, throwing a frog. Yep. Done it. Gotta be. I've just been throwing it and throwing it and throwing it. It's probably frogging and flipping because the last year we've uh, definitely found the flipping bite a lot better than we have usually, and that's kind of excelled lately. But also, the frog just like throwing the frog anywhere. That's right. Anywhere we go. Yeah, it doesn't get much Jerry better. Jerry has two rods completely dedicated for frog. Nothing else goes on the rods. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Me too. At least two. Uh, what's your PB at right now? Seven, seven eighty-nine. You're going to break that in Florida. Hopefully. Hopefully, Hopefully Sunday. Hopefully yes. Sunday you'll break that in Florida. Yeah. I have a just a question for both of you. How do you balance academics with tournament fishing? The easy answer is it's a requirement. Okay. If his grades aren't there, then he's not fishing. Okay. And, you know, and so a little backstory, uh, Kieran struggled in school and he struggled focusing and stuff like that. I never see him struggling focusing when he's fishing, like it's at his pace. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we use it as a tool now. Like this is, you know, the end reward for him is to be able to fish, and his mm-hmm. grades are, are well enough now. He's in the beta, the junior beta club, so awesome. he's, he's obviously doing the right thing, you know. And same thing with sports. I I don't let him just fish. He's required to play sports, one sport each season, also just to kind of be active. Um, just I want him to be well rounded, and I and he does. He works really hard. Um, but it's just some basic requirements from my perspective. Couple more questions. Kieran, is fishing, bass fishing a sport? Yeah, I mean, if if guys are winning a hundred thousand dollars just like you're winning a dang Super Bowl, it's gotta be the same. And I mean, it's just like having a soccer tournament or having a baseball tournament. You're basically have a tournament too. And also, if it wasn't on ESPN, it wouldn't be a sport. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good point. The Bassmaster Classic or the Red Crest, which one is the Super Bowl of bass fishing? Bassmaster Classic. It's just been around too long, and I feel like MLF has came around, but, like, if you look back, it's just so much has came from, like, what that has happened. Yeah, okay. BASS started it all. For all of you listeners and, and and people viewing through Facebook and YouTube, you can throw your hate at me. Don't throw it at him. Uh, you know, everyone's entitled to their opinion. Uh, last two questions. If you, uh, Kieran, for, for you, if you were going to give one piece of advice to a young angler out there who's trying to get into bass fishing competitively or just recreationally, what would what would that piece of advice be? Probably time on the water. Like, you can't get better if you don't have time on the water. And I mean, you don't got to go to a lake every single time. I, around here, to just, like, focus on skills and just, like, maybe skipping a bait or just, like, using a technique. You can just go to a pond and do the same thing and just figure out how to work the bait and how the bait works and works and the attributes of the bait and what you can apply it to the lake that you're going to be fishing. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's definitely 
you hear that a lot, but you don't hear it enough, right? Not time behind the phone and trying to pick, define yourself. Don't have other anglers on social media to define who you are. Go out there and get the skills yourself and learn. And then, uh, Mr. Daryl, as far as you from a coach and parent standpoint, what would your best piece of advice be for, for those in your position or wanting to be in your position? Yeah, just be patient. You know, when a kid's learning, right, they're going to backlash. They're going to break stuff. They're going to lose lures and stuff like that. Just be patient with them and encourage them. Don't, don't like my, my goal, you know, sometimes I see the boys get frustrated. Just keep encouraging, keep encouraging because it's a great opportunity and you don't want them just to kind of sour on it just because they had a bad experience. Right. right. It's going to rain. It's going to be hot, but then you catch fish and it's all, and that's the, the ultimate reward right there. Right. And for the parents, you know, you're going to see it's going to be frustrating at times watching even bigger kids, you know, not do so well. And you just know that eventually if they stick with it, they're going to get better and just keep encouraging. them. No, that's good advice. We definitely appreciate you guys kind of breaking down, you know, the, the, the Collins Bass for Cash, the Bass Federation, uh, the high school and junior BASS stuff and, and all the words of wisdom from your experiences. Um, you can't find patience at aisle seven in Walmart. It's something that you just got to continue working on. I know I do myself. So gentlemen, thank you so much. I for will oh, go ahead. Thing. Let's give Kieran, uh, any sponsor, oh, yeah, yeah. social media, anybody that you want to give a shout out to, uh, helps you I wanna, compete. I want to thank, uh, my parents and, uh, my family. And also I want to uh, thank, uh, Carolina waters, um, and all the other sponsors that I, we have on our jerseys, like Cashin, uh, Fuquay Family Dentistry, uh, Youngsville Guns and Arms, um, and uh, Foster Lake and Pond and Management, and all the other sponsors that I might have not got, but that's it. Awesome. Do you have a social media you want to throw out there for anybody who might want to follow along, or does your team have a yeah, social media page? My, uh, my uh, Instagram is uh, Kieran Breck Fishing. if you guys want to follow me, and I'm trying to start up a YouTube channel, uh, which will be the same tag as my um, Instagram, but we're, we're getting there. You can help me because I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> that's <laughs> no, that's awesome. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's awesome to get some experience with sponsors, you know, people, you know, discounts, things of that to help you compete. And, uh, you know, you mentioned cash and they have a great high school college program. Uh, I know that, uh, a lot of other companies do as well, so uh, we do uh, we do appreciate them for uh, for helping y'all be able to do this because it's man it's it's fun to watch. I know I know I don't follow it religiously, but you know uh, I know there's there's a few pro anglers who kids whose kids fish some of the junior stuff that I've I've seen a little bit. So I had a little bit of knowledge about it, but you have definitely opened up my eyes, and I'm sure Ben and Trey as well that it's uh, it's much more than what I thought it was. Uh, you know, second to what eighth grade able to fish just all the different things all the different ways you get involved so uh i'm sure there's a lot of folks that don't know that that might have kids that are interested i know when i was a kid i mean i wish we'd had that yep. i was fishing against adults at like nine years old <laughs> i was eating everything i caught i had no idea about fish management <laughs> being from the north you just eat it all that's right so ben you got anything else no, I don't have any. I'd appreciate both of you hopping on here, giving us the education. Hopefully, 
um, that was listening will will find something to take take out of this, and hopefully there'll be some young anglers who want to take the jump from pond hopping and hopping on the boat and catching those big toads on a frog. That's right. Let us know about your uh, let us know about your W down in Florida when you get back, and uh, we'll throw you in uh, some of the future future shows that we have. And we wish you guys good luck and, and safe travels, and uh, hopefully we see you standing up on that stage. Thank you. Thanks, yep. guys. And we really appreciate the opportunity to come on and talk. It's, it's awesome just to be able to, to kind of share the information. So we appreciate it. All right, folks. Well, we'll see you on the next episode of the OneCast. That's a good one. That's a good one. Oh, oh God, it's a toad, It's a toad, dude. Let's go. I wake up to a little bit of drool on my pillow. feel like it's going to be a bad day.